0: We are headed back home by another road. That sounded a little too profiting for today. First of all, uh, I said uh, last week, and I'll say it again, there is nothing that gives me more joy uh, than seeing our elected leaders coming here and leading us in ministry. And uh, Michelle is a pro. My goodness! Uh, and Christie last week, Robert before, and some of these ministry leaders coming us and leading. And that that's such an incredible. When I leave uh, my tenure here at Lake Avenue Church, I always want to be remembered for that. Not how many people who were in the stage or in the pulpit, and how many. My metric is how many people were enabled to do ministry. How many people were equipped to do ministry under my tenure. How many people decided to step up and do something that they wouldn't have otherwise done. So, and I'm very grateful for our ministry council members. I say that again because we have uh, all the way from blue-collar workers to Harvard lawyers to uh, JPL rocker scientists all in our ministry council. Uh, but, and, and a very busy job these people have, and I see them, during the weekdays in the office, uh, doing stuff, and they are not just coming here and talking to you. And I'm, I'm very, sometimes I feel guilty to take a salary because some of these people do more than I do. So I really, really want to, uh, to, to appreciate that before I say. Uh, so uh, the reason I'm sitting here, as you know, there's a family chat. Uh, that's why I'm sitting. Um some of you, if you have uh, uh, registered for our email update, you might have received a letter from me about some of the transitions, uh, staff transition that is about to happen, and we are in the middle of of it. And part of it is part uh, of our restructuring program, and another part of it is a personal discernment by some of the staff, and uh, some of it is a combination of all of them. And I know it's very difficult for us to clarify some of the stuff, and as all I can tell you is that desperate times, you know, calls for desperate measures, and sometimes as leaders... Uh, as a leader, for me personally, I have to take tough decisions. It's very difficult to explain over an email. Uh, so, what uh, I encourage you to do, as you always are welcome, uh, the next fireside chat, which is November second, I believe, and we are going to start a little early. If you have, if you need more time, uh, 6:30 p.m. Uh, so, I'm I always welcome you to come and ask any questions, and it's any, anything not clear or where we are headed and what what we can do and how can we do it help and any of this you are most welcome and I'm going to take pride of the fact that I am I believe that I am the first senior pastor who is willing to sit with an open mic and ready to uh, I take any questions, uh, which is being recorded, so that I cannot go back. And I know that it's a very tricky <laughs> predicament, but but that that's what transparency is all about. So sometime, like I said, desperate times, desperate measures. So, uh, but anything will be. Uh, 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 we have uh, we have put a lot of prayer and discernments, and I also want you to know that you know if you have any any questions feel free to talk to me because I am I think uh, what they call me chief of Staff, I believe, or some some wording like that, because staff decisions are taken by me, and it's not by ministry council leaders and it's not by division members they have given me absolute freedom. so if you have any question, it is come to me, and you can ask me personally because all the staff report to me, and I report to st- uh, the ministry council so don't uh, don't don't get confused with it don't go after the ministry council members and the division members members and all that responsibility will be completely on me. And I just want you to know that. And also wanted to know that, you know, as, as our staff and some of them are taking that transition and leaving, one of the best gifts that you can give to them, like I said, the metric is how many of them will be stepping up and, and be part of this movement. And that's the best way you can honor them. And that's actually an opportunity that we are giving to you right now. And as I said, like, you know, our, our elected leaders, our, our others coming up, and there, there is a line of people we are asking actually vetting to come to the staff to help us. And, and so that really warms my heart. And I'm so very, very, very grateful for that. And that's, the, that's when we truly become a congregational church and led by the congregation and ministry being done by the congregation. So thank you. Um, so as we transition, let me do a trivia. <laughs> um, what is the most read book of the Bible? Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, well, there is no statistics or pure research done on anything like that. But, but generally, they say the book of Psalms uh, are, you know, is the, the most read book of the Bible. Do you know what's the least read book of the Bible? <laughs> Yeah, actually, there is no consensus on it. But I'm going to bet my money on this book called Leviticus. Okay? But <laughs> I am going to read from Leviticus today, so I wanted to set you up. Okay? So there was this book called Leviticus, the third book of the Bible, the third book of the Torah, right there. And no disrespect to God, but, but when you read the book of Leviticus, it is almost like, uh, you know, reading one of those DMV driver's license, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have done that. Yeah, I remember going to Rosemary Station trying to memorize all that. I had to go multiple times because I needed to get, to get a motorcycle license. So they had to, I had to study it again. And so the point, the, what I'm trying to say is, book of Leviticus, sometime, look like or read like uh, that DMV book. It's full of instructions and customs and rituals and ceremonies and very often even the Jewish people actually think it is, it is a very uh, irrelevant, not, not that's the right word, insignificant book in their current state of affairs. What does that mean? Because the Judaism, as we practice in the world today, is not biblical Judaism. Biblical Judaism requires a temple. Biblical Judaism requires an altar and a sacrifice. And none of that is possible in the Jewish practice today because the culture has evolved, the world has evolved. So, so the, the Jews today practice something called rabbinic Judaism. Rabbinic Judaism. Because rabbi is not really a concept in the Torah. It is all led by prophets and priests and the like. You won't really see rabbis in the Torah, I mean, unless you really want to go in and interpret some of the verses. So rabbinic Judaism, as any Jew will say, that is very, very different from the biblical Judaism. And Leviticus in some, some way is this, this uh, you know, the, the magna carta of the biblical Judaism. Right And the customs and the ceremonies, rituals and all that. So but I believe, in a strange way, I believe for us as Christians, at least symbolically, it is a very important book, because first Peter and Peter says this as we, he said something like, "We are called as royal priesthood, remember? The Christians are called into the family of God as royal priesthood. We are priests. Now the book of Leviticus is the handbook of priests. It's it's literally the handbook for priests. So in that way, as royal priests, it is extremely, extremely important for us to at least get an overview of the book and go into some of the major themes of the book. Now, last week we were at the very end of the book of Exodus, and the journey continues to the book of Leviticus. We are going to be there only for one week, and that is this week. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? I'm going to read from the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verses 7, 8, and I'm also going to read verse 26. Then I'll go to First Peter. Leviticus 20, 7, 8, and 26. You shall consecrate yourself therefore and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I'm going to skip to 26. 26. Thus, you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the people to be mine. I'm going to first Peter now, chapter one, verses 16 to 19. Because it is written, "You shall be holy. For I am holy. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, As of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You are to be holy (laughs) as God is holy. No kidding. No pressure. No pressure. You have to be holy. That itself is a little tricky. Then comes with the with the added part because I am holy. If you are my children, you have to be holy like I am holy. When you hear this kind of verse, and that is actually the thematic verse of the book of Leviticus. When you hear something like this, if you grew up in, in, in holiness churches or uh, evangelical churches or even in Lake Avenue church back in the days, um, some of you may have a PTSD about the word holiness is. And I remember when I was working for a church in uh, Toronto and it was a very young church. The average age of the church was 32. Young people. All of them are young people. We only had very, very few seniors. We only had a less than dozen series. They were precious commodity. And one of them, I still remember, Norma Proudlove. She was in her 80s at the time. She would always faithfully stand up front and greet all these young people walking in. And, uh, and she would always say to me, Pastor Matthew, when I grew up in this church as a little girl, there used to be elders standing as we walk in and they will have a scale in their hand and they will measure the distance of the skirt uh, the, the edge of the skirt and the floor no kidding no kidding the elders will measure the distance which, which means how much of the ankle is being covered when the young women walk in right? and that is the, our understanding of holiness <laughs> And then poor Norma is still standing there inviting our young girls, walking in short shorts or whatever. I'm not talking about anything. But, the, but the, our understanding of holiness somehow has given this idea that these kind of verses are not meant to be for us. Because that is downright ridiculous. I know you don't have the guts to say it. I'm saying it from the pulpit. That's what I feel sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I have to be holy, really, and like God Himself is holy in some way. That's what we all think. So we kind of, kind of put it away. So I just wanted to, to, hopefully change our understanding of holiness, or uh, to realize what what does that really mean. So you know when you, when you interpret the bible there is something called parallelism there is a different way of you know i'm not taking it a seminary but there is a quite often in the bible the scripture verses are given in two parts a part a and part b in 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 a verse and part b somehow explains part a or part b somehow amplifies the meaning of part a and sometimes part b kind of defines Part A, for example, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? So the fact that I will have no want, I will have no, I, I, sh, I, I shall have, I won't have, yeah, this. I, I confuse now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, so that part B is the reason, because that part B exists because of part A. That's because the Lord is my Shepherd, right? So in the same way, this is a parallelism. So when I read that 8, twenty Leviticus chapter 20, verses 26, this is what it says. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy. That's part A. And then part B says, And I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. Part A, you are to be holy. Part B, I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. What does that mean? How does the part B somehow define part A? So the word that is used for holiness in Hebrew, I'll show you that word, it is Kodesh. Kodesh is the word, okay? The word Kodesh only means one thing. It doesn't show anything qualitatively different or that's not the meaning of it. Kodesh actually means set apart. That's all it means. Kodesh means set apart. Now if you go to that part A and part B, you know you are to be holy, part A. Part B says, for I have set you apart. The fact that you will you become holy by being set, set apart for God's purposes. The word Kodesh actually is used mostly in connection with the temple or the tabernacle instruments. The instruments are called Kodesh or not Kodesh. Holy or not holy. It is all based on where that instrument is, where that how that instrument is set apart. It doesn't talk about the quality of the instrument itself, but the purpose of the instrument and how it is set apart. I know it's a little confusing. You know, three years ago, over three years ago, I joined the staff here, and uh, our, I think one of our earlier staff meetings, we did a game, like a, a challenge per se, so the challenge was that there were different uh, statements about each staff. It's a kind of a get to know each staff kind of a game. So there were secrets or there were kind of semi-confidential information about different staff and was put in a lot and we were all asked to guess which staff it is, right? And so we did the game and you know, at the end of the game, I won that game. <laughs> So everybody was kind of upset because I'm the new guy. I don't know anybody. That's what they thought, but they didn't know that I'm actually been sitting in this church for the last 10 years, right? I, I don't know how many of you know that I was a member of this church for 10 years. I used to sit there with the Spucks family for a lo- long time. And then I would, ah, you know, that's, the view is not really good. So I came right here. We used to sit right here because we are putting the money in the basket anyway. So let's get the best view. Orchestra street, right? <laughs> So he used to come sit right there. And uh, so I've been, you know, most of the staff didn't know me, but I knew them. I knew them. But honestly, it was a beginner's luck. You know, You know that's what really was. But I won that championship. I won the, the new guy, won the, won the competition about the, the, the news about the staff, how to get to know the staff and all that. At the end of the day, I got a prize as a cup this this a cup as a prize okay this is not the cup you know i don't know i, I didn't want to go to the office this is something like this cup and which is which has lake avenue name on it and i was very proud i was very proud that i won this prize and i you know i wanted to show off my cup and then i went to my and i wanted to sh- drink coffee from this cup in front of everybody see the <laughs> cup i won right like i know you guys So when I I went to the coffee machine Tiffany walks in Other staff walk in They all have the same coffee cup I'm like what in the world (laughs) Later I realized that This is nothing special (laughs) They have a truckload of them in the stock Now even the newcomers Who just walk in get a cup Right (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little upset that I thought that I am getting something very unique, qualitatively different from everybody else because I won the championship. But that's when I realized that. See, it is not about the quality of the cup. It is the fact that this is the only cup that was set apart as a prize. All other cups are good cups, same quality. They can be given out as gifts or hand away, whatever, promotion, whatever. But this cup was taken from the stack of cups and then set apart to be given as a price. Now that's what makes this cup Kodesh. Kodesh. That is all that means. That word holy only means that this cup moved from here to here. Because it was set apart for a purpose. Does that make sense? See the first Genesis chapter 2 we see. God set apart seventh day. And sanctified it. And made it Holy. What is so great about seventh day? It's just the same. It is not like God gave the seventh day 25 hours instead of 24 hours. It doesn't really, there is no qualitative difference between the seventh day and the sixth day. But the seventh day became Kodesh because God set that apart. Holy Spirit is written. As ruha, Ha Kadesh Kodesh, which really means a spirit that is set apart. See, the Bible is written in the time of animistic period and strangely we are living in the same period right now with the old new age spirituality and all that. At that time, everybody believed that everything had a spirit. The tree has a spirit. You have a spirit. Uh, animals have a spirit. And everybody has a spirit. That is uh, fundamentally animism. And then there is this ideology called monism. All the spirits are one. No, but... The scripture remat, demanded this is Ruah Ha Kodesh, which means this spirit is not that spirit or not that spirit. It is a set apart, different spirit. And in, Genesis, and in Isaiah chapter 6, you see God is praised as Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh three times, the only time God's Character trait is repeated three times Kadesh, 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 which says that this God is different from creation. The Creator is different from creation. That is the theological significance of that word. Because this is again written in the concept that Creator. And creation are kind of the same. We all have the same spirit. No. The creator, God, is the ultimate other. The transcendent entity that is beyond ourselves. Kodesh. 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 See, what I want you to take away from this is. Holiness is not just about what you are but it is about who you are, sorry it is about where you are I know it's a little tricky see like I said you can be here and the same person whatever you are when you move into another realm where God has purposed you now nothing different, different happens to you But you still can be Kodesh. So that's what I'm saying. It is not about what you are, but it is about where you are placed. See, the thing is, if you are placed where you are supposed to be placed, you will become who you are meant to be. I want you to hear that very clearly. If you are placed where you are supposed to be placed, then you will automatically become who you are meant to be. On a Sunday morning, where is your heart at? Where do you want to be placed? You want to be in the church or you are forced to be in the church or you ideally would like to be in front of your television screen while Matthew John will be playing in one small window but there is also football there is also golf and there is also baseball. That's where you want to be? Then you will become that person. If you are Kodesh, it doesn't mean that a halo will, will, will be above your head. It doesn't mean that you are the most perfect person in the world. It only means that if you are Kodesh, you will be where God wants you to be. And there is this concept of the vessels of honor and vessels of disgrace in the new testament it repeats many 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 occasions but i'll read you one of them here this is from second timothy chapter 2 verses 20 and 21 in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be the instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. In every house, there are different instruments, there are different cups, but where it is placed determines the holiness or the separatedness of that instrument. A cup that is placed in the bathroom will be very different if you move that cup from the bathroom to the bedroom. Hygiene now is important. Now if you move that cup to the kitchen, it is the same cup. But now the hygiene is extremely, extremely important when you take a cup to the kitchen. Because where it is, is now different. And that is a little more important than what it is. See, the, the danger, though, is that very often as Christians we think, you know what, I just want to be just a nice guy. I want to be a good person. I, I believe in Jesus. I received him as my personal savior. I took baptism Again, I pay my tithe. I attend church regularly. I want to be a nice. I don't want to get too much into this holy culture. I don't want to get too much into the church thing, and I don't want to get too much involved. I don't want to talk to the pastor. I'll just sit in the back row, and whatever you say, I appreciate you. I'll pay my money. That's it. You know, keep that distance, and which, you know, somehow, we all have, you know, I I was like that too, so I'm not blaming this on anybody. We somehow feel that we should become, you know, because there is no way I can be like a holy, like many other people. I just want to be somehow an average, a nice guy, an average christian and get to heaven now the challenge is the opposite of holiness is very interesting there are different words to describe uh, the opposite of holiness and one in particular is interesting i'll show you three verses together i'll take a quick moment to look at it this is from ezekiel two verses from ezekiel and first samuel did you see the opposite of holy <laughs> is translated not as unholy <laughs> not as profane and these are some other translation but here it says it is common the difference between holy and common, the word which is used is hall, which can be translated Dr. Jeff Leo, as you know, is doing an excellent, excellent class on the original languages of the Bible. It is still continuing, so reach out to him, and he, he will explain this further, and hopefully, you know, that's one word. It kind of shocks me that I always thought of holiness, the opposite of holiness, as Unholiness Or profane Being profane No The opposite of holy Is Ordinary <laughs> Being ordinary Is being unholy Being common Is being unholy Being an average Christian Is being unholy Because it is the command of the Lord You have to be holy Because I The Lord Am holy. So if we think that we can somehow become a nice Christian, nice people will not go to heaven. Good people will not go to heaven. To go to heaven you have to be holy. Because it's a very, very holy place. And the good thing, the good news is that I know, I, I, all of you look, sound confused now. But the good news, I've, I've <laughs> I'm giving you the good news now. The good news is You know what you have to do? What do you have to become holy? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Because (laughs) if holiness is something you can accomplish, and if you think that you can try to become holy like God, then yeah, there is something wrong with our understanding of holiness to begin with, as I said. See, holiness is not a character trait we can accomplish Holiness is something Produced in us By the Holy Spirit Amen. The Holy Spirit Come and take hold of our life And he possesses our life And then he yields His fruits through our life And that's how we become Holy Because if you try to become holy by our self-will, our attempt, that will only beget spiritual pride. In our culture, we call Dalai Lama and Pope, his holiness. We always think that, oh, you accomplish that, achieve, you become Dalai Lama or Pope to become, to be addressed as his holiness. No, no. That is completely wrong understanding of biblical Kodesh, the holiness. It is not something you accomplish. See, the holiness, see, you cannot become like Jesus in the sense that you cannot imitate Jesus. You know, there was a movement back in the days called WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? It's a great thing and it's a a noble way to look at life. But quite often I remember hearing it and trying to mimic what Jesus would do. But it looked fake all along. Because I was trying to do something I don't know how to do. I was trying to accomplish that holiness by using my power. Then I realized that holiness is not accomplished by imitation. But by impartation. The Holy Spirit impart the righteousness of Christ into our life. And that's how we become holy. It is a very, very heavy topic. So I'm going to give you some breathing time, okay? I have a lot more to say, but I thought this is an important... If you get that meaning correct, I'll be very, very happy. And if you look at the word holiness in a different way from now on, I would would feel the sermon did its job. And I want you to remember that the mistake often we commit. you know the Pharisees? The Pharisees Jesus often rebuked in the gospel stories. And the meaning of the word Pharisee means separated ones. They tried to separate themselves. They tried to set themselves apart for God's cause. See, that's when we try to work on it. When we try to do this, try to do through our spiritual disciplines all are important. But ultimately we have to realize that all we can do is to become a willing and obedient instrument in the hand of God and tell the master, master, wherever you want to place me, I am willing, I am obedient. And that's when the holiness of the Holy Spirit will be imparted to you and you will start yielding the holiness. And we will start exude holiness unconsciously. And that's what I want from our church. And I'm going to let the worship team come back. And I want you to, as, as, they, are going to, as they are going to lead us in this final song, and I want you to remember this. You know, I want you to picture that I I think I have a slide of the, uh, the the, the tabernacle from last week. The tabernacle, yes, some of you remember that picture. There is that outer court and then there is holy place and then there is holy of holies. And I want you to imagine yourself as a cup that is moving from the outer space or outer court and we often come to church as this little cup and we stand by and we watch what is being happening in the pulpit and we become part of it to an extent but I'm inviting you to move yourself from that place to the holy place you are welcome because first Peter again says you are royal priesthood you are authorized to walk into the holy place move a step up And then again, move one more step to the holy of holies. And that's what you just just give yourself to the hand of the master. Lord use me, save me redeem me from the old and futile ways I learned from ancestors, that's what First Peter said like the futile ways we learned from the ancestors and the way that we inherited from the culture we, the way we inherited from the from the churches to be legalistic and tried to be tried to follow the commandments one after the other and that's how somehow we, be, we prepare ourselves to meet God no, you can go to God as you are and to be willing and surrendering to him and with a deliberate conscious choice of yielding the fruit that is going to be in you by the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Would you open your life to the work of the Holy Spirit? Would you be willing to move one step further to the next place, to the next place so that he can make you your life kadesh? Let me pray. Father God, our church, not just our church, (laughs) all the churches in America, not all the churches in America, (laughs) all the churches in the world after COVID needs a Kadesh experience. Lord, we have become silent quitters. We have become other people who are going to a baseball stadium and watch performance. Lord, we pray that you reach out and we are, here we are lifting up our hands. Hold on to our hands, O oh Lord. Move us one step further into the holy place and into the holy of holies, so that where we can experience perfect intimacy with you, so that our life will become set apart for your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Take my love and pour. Take my mind. Take my mind. Transform it. Transform it. Take my will. Take my will. Conform.
0: Syrian, Jeremy was trying to talk and I know he'll choke, that's his grandma I had this incredible privilege to visit her at her 95th birthday, that was two days before her passing I've even visited her before and I just remember first time walked into that room uh, Darlene said uh, um, you know here's Pastor Matthew, you watch him all the way on the TV screen and she's a legendary figure for me as you know she basically the founder of Door of Hope, and, and the Lazarian name is all around this <laughs> campus anyway. I was just so timid, you know, to meet this, this woman. And uh, she was sleeping, and I didn't want to wake her up. And Darlene said, Mom, Pastor Matthews here. I remember she was closing her eyes, and she smiled while she was still sleeping. And the room literally lit up. I, it was a transcendent experience. You can ask my wife. I was kind of, whoa. There was something that happened. The reason I'm saying is that she went away to be with the Lord. But, you know, that, that's what being holy means. Set apart for a purpose. My goodness, if I could see five Irish Lazarians from this church, I'm done. That's all I need, five Irish Lazarians. And I want us to be proudful in a way, in a positive way of the legacy some of our ancestors are leaving for us. And the, the, it's, a, it's a repeated reminder for us to lead a life that is set apart, having the courage to drive through Los Robles and look at a house and let's buy that house so that we can house women who have no shelter. That's a bold woman to say something like that. That's the set-apart life. That's the, that's the ultimate confidence in the hand of the master. And we want more of them. We want more of them in our church. And that's our church become holy. While I'm at it, I also want you to remember our John Bolin, one of our staff, and I want you to remember him in prayer. He's in a critical uh, care unit uh, in Huntington Hospital. Uh, pray for him so that he will have a complete recovery, and he is somebody I deeply, deeply admire. He is a man full of the Holy Ghost, and I go to him for mentorship, and he single-handedly runs that community neighborhood center, and 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 it's just, his, even his very presence is very important to me when I make some decisions and prayers. So please pray for John Paul in, in your personal prayer, and... Uh, we can reach out to us and how we are, our pastors are in touch with that, all of that. So, thank you. Thank you for all of you for coming to church today. And if you need prayers and our prayer counselors will be here. And if you don't know what holiness means, if you don't know how to be lead a life that is set apart for Christ, they will try to lead you to the right place. And I'm always willing and happy to meet with you. Ask the Lord, Lord, what are, what are you what are you asking me to do? Where am I supposed to be? And I'm here to talk to you. That's my job. I'm getting paid to do that. So please feel free to reach out to us and any way we can guide you, okay? Now, as you leave, may the Lord set you apart and make your life Kodesh. May the Holy Spirit possess your life. And produce the ultimate holiness in your life. May he draw you from the outer court to the holy place to the holy of holies from now and forever. May God bless you.